On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we have the Super Bowl post-game extravaganza. We're talking everything in the game, halftime show, commercials, overview of prop bets, and post-game. We also, of course, get to our Wisconsin Badgers, everything walking around campus, little NBA action, eSports, and of course, Casey's Corner Kick. All right, let's start the show. We're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. We are here post-Super Bowl for all your post-Super Bowl rundown. Casey, how are we doing today? Doing good, Marlo. Uh, yeah, we're doing the post-Super Bowl rundown uh, a day later, which I think is a good call. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was not in uh, tip-top hot take. Reco- well, maybe in pretty good hot take. I take mood, but not in a good mood, uh, not mood, but good state of mind to record uh, something and put it on the internet. So I think yeah. the day off to get over that and then to, uh, I guess, take a little time to look back, really, uh, we'll do this podcast well. Right. Yeah. Kind of get some of that, some of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl activities out of your, out of your system a little bit. Yeah. What did um, you uh, end up doing for uh, the big game? Yeah, so I was at home, but I had the spread of your traditional nachos and uh, buffalo wings. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. A lot of buffalo wings. Kind of OD'd on the buffalo wings. Still have some in the fridge left over because <laughs> I thought, you know, they're so small and, and you pick them out. You're like, yeah, let's get like 10 pounds of it. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, but it was, I mean, the the mood the mood matched the game. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get to, we'll get a little bit to what the to spread? the game. Uh, we had uh, some pulled pork, some homemade Ooh. homemade guac and chips uh, beforehand, uh, some meatballs as an appetizer, oh, man. and uh, some uh, curried chicken that a friend of mine uh, brought over. So it was uh, quite the spread, and we ate maybe a third of what we made. <laughs> so we also have leftovers. I don't know what the heck we were thinking when we were putting this all together uh, that we needed so many options, but uh, that's what we decided, and it was. I mean, better to err on the side of having far, oh, yeah. far too much than any risk of having too little. Right. On, There's uh, nothing worse than going to a Super Bowl party or, or any football game for that matter and food runs out. Yeah. That's just, it's a, it's a crime of passion. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the spread. We were all ready for the game. Uh, I guess, where do you where do you want to start with the game, Marlo? Uh, let's, I mean, just, we'll just, I mean, let's put it out there. We'll just start with the game. Was that the, uh, the most boring or the <laughs> worst Super Bowl that you had seen ever in your lifetime? The worst Super Bowl. Um, as I was watching the, the game, I just kept waiting for something to happen. And I think in the moment when I was watching it, I was like, Man, nothing is happening. What is going on here? And as I thought about it today, I think it's because of the expectations that I and what it seems like everybody yep. else went into the game with. We were expecting whatever the preseason game uh, between these two was or whatever they played earlier this year when it was like 53 to 40 something. Like that's the game we were expecting. And then that didn't happen. And we were just kind of looking at each other going, 
what what is wrong here? What what, what are we missing? Uh, and it seemed like that kind of clash between expectation and reality caused everybody to go, "Man, this is boring." But well, well I think it? it's I think it's even less expectation of that of just football in 2019. Uh, some sort yeah. of some sort of a similar to offense. There wasn't even a red zone play until the fourth <laughs> to like five, you know, nine minutes left in the first qu- in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. You know, I think yeah, the ex- there are the expectations of the, this was this was a a year of high flying offense, and then it came down to this game of you know sixteen points or whatever. <clears throat> that that alone was you know just you know we were just expecting some points on the board. Right. Yeah, and I guess. I didn't expect the Patriots to get out to a fast start. I have a, a stat here for you, Marlo. Uh, in the now nine Super Bowls uh, that the Patriots have been in, which, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. They have now scored three total first quarter points in wow. all nine games. So yeah. I was – I not that I knew that stat going into the game, but I knew – you know that the Patriots and kind of in the interviews Tom Brady has given, he says it's a long game. We don't need to get out to a fast start. Um, but th- I mean, the, the fast start didn't <laughs> come until, or the start, I guess, didn't really come until <laughs> the fourth quarter yeah. at all. Um, yeah, the first, the first Brady pass being an interception. Yeah, I thought that was probably the most exciting part. It was like, oh, this game, you know, could be pretty compelling. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, it, it just didn't it didn't turn out that way. That's another good stat. Was um, the, the, as as funny as it is, this is the largest. This is the, in their in their one of their in their nine Super Bowls is the largest differential at the end for the Patriots, win or lose. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and it's only ten points. Yep. it's not like they blew them out. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. You mentioned that there was a, a lack of red zone touches or, or or plays within the red zone, but the nonetheless the Patriots I think had the ball on the within the Rams forty five like four times in the first half, yeah. And somehow only came away with three points. So I was sitting there uh, at halftime going, I, first of all, I can't believe this is three to zero, but and then at the same time thinking that the Patriots had left too many points on the board with those uh and I get expecting uh the Rams to do better than zero points in the second half and I guess they did but uh, <laughs> they did not do by, better than zero not by much uh so I kind of saw it as a bad omen that's the way I kind of felt in uh the Saints Rams game going into halftime uh, yep. the uh Rams had just scored at the end of the first half of the Saints Rams game and I went ooh the Saints left a lot of points kicking some short field goals uh there to allow them to get back in the game uh and I thought the same thing was going to happen this game. Uh, obviously, it did not. Yeah, and you figure with the elongated halftime, teams can kind of you know draw up the things, actually look at film, do things a little different. You thought kind of kind of like uh, Kansas City did at the la- uh, in the championship game. They had they were shut out in the first half, but then they came out swinging and, and points were scored in the second half. And I, that's what yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Just kind of waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Speaking so, of waiting for something to happen, I know it's, this is kind of come come out of left field, but what the what was going on with Tony? Yeah, he, so they, they got in his head that they wouldn't let him like call plays. He just seemed like he was just hanging out during that game. Yeah, it definitely seemed like he dialed it back a bit. Like somebody came to him and said, "Look, that <laughs> the championship game was great. That was a lot of fun. Let's just relax a little bit." <laughs> and I don't know. That's my theory. Also, it could have just been the Super Bowl, and that kind of got in his head like it got in Sean McVay's head. 
uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. that, that's, I guess, the other theory. Uh, but I, I think that part of it was he just it, the game was so weird that team the teams didn't seem to do what they had done all year. So yeah. I think he might have gone into that game with the tendencies, with the expectations, like we like we all did as far as there being points. And then they just didn't do anything. It's like, what are you supposed to predict when it's third and eight in the <laughs> and the Patriots call a timeout and then run up the middle? Like <laughs> why would he call yeah. why would they call that? Why would he be able to predict that? It was just such a weird game. I don't think he, he was able to at the end of the game when the See? Patriots started moving the ball, he did a little bit more of that. Yeah, so even Tony got out Belichick. Out be- That's right. Belichick out, out the, the, the broadcaster. Even too, the so. broadcaster. Wow, yeah. what, a, what a genius. <laughs> what a genius. Greatest so, of all time. <laughs> so I, I kind of alluded to my take on this, uh, a little bit of it. Uh, but do you think this was a, a Pat's defense being good or a Rams offense? I guess before I go into that, I do want to mention yeah. Antonio Romo. What I was hoping to get Antonio Romo, because he's so great at diagno- diagnosing offensive plays, explaining the schemes, I was dying for somebody to tell me why the Pats D, what the Pats D was doing to frustrate the Rams. Like outside of rushing, they rushed, yeah. you know, four or five guys every play. They came from different directions. I got that, but they there had to be something else that they were doing to fluster the Rams. I know now because I read some articles today, but like during the game, I. Right. Wanted somebody to tell me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I took it at, I mean, during the game, I'm just, I'm watching, I'm like, this, it's just, you know, it's Jared Goff, pretty young quarterback, l- bright lights of the Super Bowl, you know, mm-hmm. maybe just needs to kind of catch his breath. Obviously, that didn't, they tied the game up, but I thought, okay, maybe, you know, this calms everyone down and they get going. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a big part is like this whole girly thing where, yeah. I don't know. Is he hurt? Or I think we had a suggestion. We had a suggestion in our text message that <laughs> <laughs> that he did something inappropriate with McVeigh's mother. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the what case I- is because when he ran, he looked okay. Why is he not touching the ball? So I mean, between this weird game plan that McVeigh came up with, yeah. and um, and you could you know call it the bright lights for for the coach as well, a young coach like that as well. That was you know kind of my takeaway from a veteran. You know, veteran Pats D, a veteran Pats coaching staff, just really put right. it on a, on a you know a young team. Yeah, I think there there's a lot to that, and I think McVeigh kind of, his whole mantra was like he's this aggressive young coach, has this high flying offense, uh, and in the NFC Championship game and now in the Super Bowl, he coached like a much more traditional old school coach. He deferred on the kickoff, which I thought was a mistake. I thought he should have got the ball. Uh, and said we're going to win this game. Um, so I thought that set a deferential tone that I didn't expect him to do uh, in this game. And I, like you, I didn't understand the girly thing at all. Uh, they said going into the game he was fully healthy, that he was going to be a big part of the offense. Then he obviously wasn't. After the game, after both the NFC Championship game and this game, he was obviously interviewed about it, and he seemed like he didn't care that he wasn't getting the ball, which seemed really weird to me. Uh, especially with them losing this game. So I don't know what's going on there. They're, my only thing I can think is that he is hurt, and they just can't say it because they didn't put it on the injury report. Right. Other than that, I don't know. I, I don't know unless he, like you said, uh, had some extracurriculars with <laughs> some uh, extended family members. Uh, 
Yeah. So, but when I'm gonna move on from that. I don't want to yep. go from there. Uh, one thing I wanted, I, I thought about today af- after the game, and again, this is one of the reasons I, I was glad we had a little bit of a chance to think about it, is going back to kind of that expectation of the game. Uh, going into the game, you knew that the Rams at least had the names of a good defense. They had the Aaron Donald. They had the Indominus Sioux. Uh, Talib uh, in the secondary. So they had some names and all year were kind of like, when will they put it together? And it seemed like they did in the playoffs. And then again in the Super Bowl, they really controlled the line of scrimmage and made it hard for the Pats to move the ball. On the other side, the Pats D is kind of, was very average throughout the year and a bunch of no names. And I'm just kind of wonder if this was, say, the Bears in the Super Bowl. I know the Bears can't play the Rams in the Super Bowl. But if it was the mm. Bears defense in the Super Bowl, and instead of Van Noy putting pressure on it's Khalil Mack putting pressure on and it's you know instead of Trey Flowers coming in off the edge it's whatever Hicks or something coming up the middle and making the plays that the Pats needed I think people would be going nuts about the Bears defense making those plays because they have that that, uh, the cloud about them but because it was the Pats defense who's supposed to not be that good making these big plays it seemed like it was the Rams not doing something well as opposed to the Pats actually playing well and, and making those big plays. Yeah, because I think that's kind of the Patriots in general, where, uh, you know, especially on D, but they don't have names on offense. They have Brady, so Brady's going to get most of, most of that accolades. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's still tied to Belichick. The defense still is tied to Belichick, but, you know, also their also they're coordinators. Uh, but that just seems to be the way – the the everything is perceived in New England out there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Know. I just that kind of um, overall view of it. I think what kind of took away from what the Patriots were able to do, holding the Rams to two three points. And I think there was some. It's uh, you know bright lights for young guys on the Rams side, but yeah. I don't know. So Marlo, the dynasty continues. We yeah. thought. We thought this was going to be the year. At least it looked like the year. Um, was the end. They're now six and three in their nine Super Bowls that they've been in. Two uh, in the last three. I, it it's is. just, it's just. I think we talked a little about it. We just want to see something else. Yeah, and we're not getting any of that. Um, well, I think, I think America wanted to see something else. The television ratings were the lowest since two thousand and seven. So, there's I, what are that. other people watching? What are you watching? What are you doing? Like, what else are you doing when the Super Bowl is on? Funny, uh, I in the uh, newspaper they had a whole "What to do if you don't watch football," and there was uh-huh. like the Puppy Bowl, which is kind of football. Yeah. I mean, puppies and football, and yeah. then like they had an office marathon. There was uh, some other show, and then like four channels were showing different uh, Law and Order. <laughs> Law and Order <laughs> reruns. It's like you can watch the original SVU. You can watch the whatever two other ones. It was like four. Channels that had that, so that's what people are watching. I guess I don't know. Okay. Oh, there's a Got Harry it. Potter, a Harry Potter um, marathon too. Yeah. So maybe they're. But it's also, it, I mean, that it's that, and then it's also, you know, you really the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, don't really have a following. They didn't yeah. really have a following when they were in St. Louis, but you know, moving to LA didn't help grow that at all. Right. So there's also that point too. Yeah, there's that point, and then uh, the whole city of New Orleans didn't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's true too. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember the numbers, but like, you know, you kind of say like, I'm not even gonna watch Super Bowl when my team doesn't win, and then mm-hmm. uh, or my, when my team doesn't make it, and then if you're like me, you always do. Uh, but legitimately, the city of New Orleans like did not watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like 
a significant drop off uh, from there. Not that they completely drive the number uh, overall, but it was it was pretty funny to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Patriots keep winning. I guess you know we just have to sit here and respect it more or something. I don't know. It's feels gross, it's, but it's gross. And it's gonna be. It's it's to the point now where it's you know even when they do have a downturn at some point. They're just gonna. They're just gonna be like, well, we have our, you know, our six rings and nine yeah. Super Bowls, and they're gonna be able to say that like the Yankees do for, you know, the end of time or whatever. Right. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about this team, though, and I guess what makes me again have a little bit more begrudging, begrudging respect for them, um, is that when they first won their Super Bowls, they were kind of a, a grinded out, win close team, and then the kind of second set of Super Bowls, I guess up till this year, they were this high flying, you know, think like the Randy Moss years and things like that. They were Gronk putting up tons of points. And now yeah. this year they returned back to kind of that grinded out, you know, obviously winning a game thirteen to three. So the fact that they've been able to win in these different ways is 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 pretty impressive um as well. So I wanted to begrudgingly give them that uh comment compliment. All right. As well. well Casey Casey gives them credit. All right. Uh, we got the game. We got the game, the actual football game covered. Do yep. we want to talk about halftime show? We talk <laughs> yeah. about that now. Speaking of gross things. No. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. First, uh, I guess, what was your general takeaway of the halftime show? So, after the halftime show was done, I was like, you know what? It was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just okay. And there are a lot of expectations for the high, for the halftime show because yeah. this is the world we live in. Everything has to be so grand and so great. And yep. you got Maroon 5. Um, the biggest question I had going in, it was like, as they were performing. Would he like, wear a hat? <laughs> that was on my prop sheet. He did. That was I, had, he didn't I, wear I said hat. yes, and he didn't yeah. wear a hat. Uh, but <laughs> Damn it. Adam Levine. How are they going to integrate Travis Scott and Big Boy into a Maroon yeah. 5 concert? Yeah. Um and when I got the when my first answer was answered was SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. I th- I was like, "Ooh, this might be turning making a bad turn." And, <laughs> and and that's when that's when I was like, "Yeah, this might not, you know, live it, up to expectations." Millennials, I think millennials loved the the SpongeBob thing. That was pro- I think the highlight for for millennials. <laughs> Yeah, it was a highlight, and then he just kind of comes in, does his verse, big boy. They just—it was just kind of a break from Rune Five. There was no like really yeah. flow to it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, during Big Boys uh, or the Outcast song, uh, yeah, Adam Levine did a little bit of like the the chorus singing, so that True. was incorporated a little bit. But yeah. Travis Scott was just on his own. It was just <laughs> it was he came just... in, sang in front of fire. His intro was kind of cool with the little digital thing. I kind of like yeah. that. Uh, that was cool. Outside of uh, of the uh, SpongeBob part. Uh, so that was that was kind of cool. I don't know. It seemed a little disjointed. I right. So at the know, end of it, what? I gave it. At the end of it, I, I looked at. It, I turned to my wife. I was like, mm, I'm going to give it a five point three. Okay, sure. Uh, I thought it was fine. I don't know what more. Like so apparently, I don't know, I was going to go. I'm going to try to avoid a whole Twitter is terrible rant because um, everyone's just so negative, and I don't know what you want out of a halftime show. I kind of so I went into this and I was like I'm not gonna like this and then Maroon Five came out and they, I was like oh I remember this song oh they have this song too that's right and I kind of knew all of their songs so that was kind of a neat part of it uh, for me uh, I just don't know where you go what it would what would be a good halftime show right 
I don't even I don't even know anymore. Uh, and this seemed fine enough for me. Uh, the funniest controversy out of this, though, was uh, yeah, obviously if you were watching, he wore quite the little uh, small T-shirt um, and then ended up taking that off. And my favorite country was, why is, Why can we see his nipples? And it's not okay for <laughs> Janet Jackson to do whatever, 17 years ago now, whatever it was, to see her nipples. Like, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he Come had on. his little strip tease on because he started with, like, full jacket. Yeah. Full jacket on, and then by the end of it, we're just, yeah, we're, we're doing no shirt. And There's fires and stuff there. He got warm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot more of Adeline than I needed to, although it's not the same as seeing a lot more of Janet Jackson than I need to, regardless of whose fault that was. Yeah. Um, all right, halftime show. Yeah, no one's gonna, no one's gonna win halftime show anymore. It's just you're basically setting yourself up for Twitter failure if you if you judge yeah. yourself that way. Yeah, it, unless it's like some like old legend person. I can't think of anybody who would be, you know, I'm thinking like a Bruce Springsteen or something. Like, and then I'd watch it and be like. I don't get it. <laughs> like <laughs> people like this guy? I'm not sure. Uh so I don't know where you go from there. All right. Yeah. Uh that was the halftime show. We yeah. analyzed it. Uh good luck whoever does it next year. Um so let's move on to at least my wife's favorite part of yeah. the Super Bowl, yep. the commercials. Okay. Um and I want to start with the f- so I, I tuned into the pregame show. Mm-hmm. Uh it's the only time I can watch pregame is the Super Bowl. So I tuned in for the how far? How far out did you tune in the pregame? An hour, hour before, before the game. Hour before. Hour before. Okay. Yep. yep. Hour before. Game started uh, at four. I turned out at four because I thought the game started at five because I'm an idiot and didn't. Know. <laughs> I okay. think I did like the coverage started at five kind of thing. Whatever. Um, yeah. So the final commercial before they kicked it over to the actual Super Bowl coverage was a commercial for the American Football Alliance. American Alliance of Football. I always say it wrong. Whatever it is, the yeah. new league. New league. It was, and let me tell you, Marlon. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're it's getting like, hyped for this. <laughs> did, so you, did you see this commercial? I, I did it, see it, yeah. Let me explain it to our, our listeners if they didn't see it. So essentially it was, you thought football was going to be over after yep. today. Well, I have a surprise for you. And then they just said, there will be more football. And then they also sold me on second chances. And what does it? Ooh. What does America love we more love a good than comeback second, story. a good comeback story and second chances? And that's what the American Alliance of Football, what is it? The new league <laughs> is gonna give you in football form, and I'm in. Oh, I'm first of all, they absolutely 100% stole that first part from our show last week. Oh, yeah, we 100% used those words verbatim beforehand. So, where's our money, American Football Alliance? Which I think that's yeah. how you say it. Thanks for listening to the pod, though. Yeah, thanks for listening to pod one, two. Can you break us off a little piece of that? Yeah, um, we are accepting but- sponsors to the podcast. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. Uh, but yeah, got yeah, got excited. There's gonna be more football on Saturday. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So I thought that was just it was. I, I thought it was a good ad, uh, but also just being a different league's advertisement right before the Super Bowl is just yeah. Fantastic. Oh, and the best the best part is they had this crappy game. So yeah. now everyone's like, oh, there's gonna be football. I can't be worse than that. So let's go ahead <laughs> At least and watch. The Patriots it. can't win that league. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Somehow they do like Tom Brady can play in both leagues. He wins. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Uh, so the next thing, at least that I jotted down that I saw, was the hype commercial uh, for the Super Bowl, which is it's not a commercial, I guess. So what is it? It's like a, like intro. an intro? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Peyton Manning, uh, John Malkovich, uh, and 
Peyton Manning's just he's the best. He is the best commercial guy. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh with his his little assistant nodding along, his two two time Super Bowl champion. Uh to the going on about chicken parm. Just just fantastic. Got it. Yeah. The John the John Malkovich rant. Just, yeah, yelling at me again. Gets me hyped. <laughs> just epic. That was a good one. That was a good intro. I'll take it. He calls back. Peyton Manning does a little one, two, three, break. All right, answer the phone. God, <laughs> it's so good. So funny. Uh, yeah, and then, so then the, the, so they're going through that, and they're like, uh, it's East versus West, old versus young. And I'm like, okay, well, now I got to cheer for the Patriots. <laughs> I got to cheer for the young people. Come on. I got to stay in my old man corner over here. All right. All right. So now those were, I guess, uh, the pregame commercials, Marlo. And what it, I guess let's go through some of the good commercials, some of the bad commercials. And I have at least two absolutely terrifying commercials. So okay. what, uh, I guess, what was your, do you, do you have a favorite? Do you have good ones? What do you, what do you I, got? Okay. So I got, of these commercials, yeah. I think, you know, I've, you know, I've, one of my favorites is, was it Doritos with the Backstreet Boys and oh, yeah. Chance the Rapper? Yep. Uh, that was good. Props to the Backstreet Boys for like making it to a Super Bowl Colors commercial in 2019. <laughs> I thought that that part was kind of fan- <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic and, and you know deserves its own props. Um, yeah. So that was my that was probably my most memorable one. Okay, I, I had that written down too. I, I like thinking about these commercials. Like, who are they advertising to in this? And it's like yeah. started out with Chance the Rapper, and it's like. Okay, I know who he is, but you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to buy Doritos because they're like Backstreet Boys. Come on, I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I remember them. Uh, that was that that was a good one. Um, so my favorite uh, was the Stella Artois commercial, and oh, kind boy. of piggybacking off what I just said about expectations, who they're selling to. So it yeah. starts out, and Sarah Jessica Parker comes in, and she orders a Stella Artois, and everybody's like, gasp, you drink Cosmos or whatever. Yep. And I'm like, who, like, okay, I guess, you know, more women are probably watching the Super Bowl than watching a normal football game, right? So I get yeah. it. But that's kind of weird to have Sarah Jessica Parker. And then the dude walks in, and I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. What a great commercial. And then the Dose Keys guy's there. <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I felt like that went underrated. Not enough people realized that. Yeah, and it was then a quick it was little just, cameo. It was the hammer on the the joke that the commercial was. It was that that was my yeah. that was my favorite. Did that one resonate with the whole with the whole Casey household? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> so because you know everybody knew one of the people in that in that commercial. So that was that was fantastic. Uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, Serena did a bumble. <laughs> yeah, Serena and Bumble. Which, that was uh, interesting, and then uh, the T Mobile had a lot of them. Yeah, uh, but the first one where the, it was like, "Hey, what's up?" and then it was like, <laughs> "Ready to message?" Ready to me-, and then zoomed in on the ready to message, and then it was like a, yeah. a novel back. I was like, "I can I can relate to that." That's kind of that's kind of. And then they gave away I think free Taco Bell. In they that one. free yeah they had free free Taco Bell, but it was it was so incognito. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't understand how to get free Taco Bell. I'm not yeah. I'm not too concerned about that, but I, I, I thought that was. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, how about? Got, go ahead. You got more good ones. I got. Well, I got another one. Yeah. I. I don't know. If it was good. It, it resonated with me. Good. Okay. All was right. you had the, Bud Light had their you know their <laughs> their corn syrup one, which I was like, yeah. whatever. That was you know okay, kooky, whatever. So then when they came back with another one, I was like, okay, go ahead, Bud Light. And then all of a sudden, it's like, game like. <laughs> 
the game of the Game of Thrones comes in oh, and yeah, dragons and Thrones stuff, game. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. And the Game of Thrones final season with Bud Light in it, that was just that just hit home. All right. Well, as somebody who is uh, almost all the way through season one of Game of Thrones, <laughs> I now know there will be dragons. So that's exciting. There you go. That's exciting. Spoilers. Uh, a thing Freaking to look spoilers. forward to. Uh, as I've not avoided any spoilers and kind of know most of what's going to happen, but I still haven't watched them because I haven't. Uh, all right. So I guess moving on to the bad, uh, I was going to talk about Bud Light here. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about the dragon one. Yeah. I liked the first one where they were rolling the huge keg. That one was funny. Yeah. Uh, the corn syrup one. The corn syrup one. Yeah. They're pushing yeah. along. And then other then there was like two or three other corn syrup related commercials and i was kind of like okay i'm over this <laughs> this is the same company who makes fun of people who drink not bud light in order like craft beers yeah. now they're trying to suck up to those i presume the same type of people and saying we don't have corn syrup in our beer right that's yeah. isn't that the same market who they're insulting in one ad Pres- i would presume that Good the people call. who drink craft beer that was deep care was deep. more <laughs> about again i dove way too much into these yeah um I didn't. I didn't like that one. Uh, so too many car commercials. I mean, my God! If you weren't in uh, Silicon Valley or a beer or a car, mm. I don't. I don't even know what else. In Doritos, that was like all of the commercials, right? I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't like uh, any of the car commercials. No, the bad that they. I feel like they just they tried really hard to make a Super Bowl commercial and it didn't work for me. It was the Planners Nuts commercial oh, with yeah. with A Rod. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just like, oh, we're gonna do this, and you know, we're gonna have a rod at the end going for kale chips, and that'd be it. It just like That's it was fun. just a bunch of nothing. Uh, my friend that I was I was watching with, he goes, they just had no concern if anybody there had a nut allergy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just threw the nuts in there. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna throw Charlie. It's Sheen very very inconsiderate of uh, the the Mister Plant, yeah. whatever that the peanut guy. Yeah, the peanut guy. So, all right. Uh, ready to move on to the terrifying? Yes. I have a Ho- feeling I know where you're going with this. Uh, the Robo Child will haunt my dreams. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what it was what it was advertising. I don't remember. <laughs> it was it was so terrifying. It has a human face. It says it's hungry. The person's like go to bed. You don't It didn't make any It was so terrifying. I I want to never see it again, but I will see it again, and it's seared in my memory because that was that was terrible. Oh, it's hard to go to bed at night. <laughs> um, the other terrifying is all of a sudden uh, Michelob Ultra yeah. has gone organic mm. and is using Zoe Kravitz on two microphones on a waterfall. What yeah. was that? I yeah. don't know, and maybe it's effective because I'm just like, well, Michelob Ultra is organic because they have this weird freaking commercial. Uh, yeah. But it was just, I the whole time I just thought it was a mistake. I thought the whole, I thought it was a whole mistake. Yeah, um, <laughs> Michelob Ultra also owned one by uh, Anheuser Busch, who hates craft beer and <laughs> does corn syrup. They're doing a pivot. They do what we yeah, call. Yeah, they're a doing pivot. a pivot. Uh, that strategy was not working. Um, yeah, it was it AMSR or whatever the the noise thing. I just uh, it it weirded me out. Uh, weirded me out too. But um, it didn't make me want to buy Michelob. No, I'll tell not you. at all. I'll tell you that maybe if I'm at a uh, a beer garden by a waterfall, I'd be 
maybe somewhat concerned about the environment at that point. Uh, more concerned, I guess, than normal. All right. Uh, that's all I had uh, for commercials, I think, as I look. Yeah, RoboChild. I, I wrote down RoboChild. WTF, terrifying. That was my comment. <laughs> and then they had a second one, and I just had put question marks. Uh, all right. <laughs> and our props, Marlo. If you, uh, all right. if you remember, you better remember. If yeah. our listeners remember last week, we had Marlo had three um, crossover props between the Super Bowl and um, other uh, I guess basketball games more or less two NBA and then uh, one college and I just thought we'd revisit them see how we did um, and the first one was Harden points against longest <laughs> touchdown uh, longest touchdown had uh, a nine and a half points uh, added to it so I guess that was eleven. Uh, and I didn't look it up, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure Hardmore had more than 11 <laughs> points as the longest touchdown was two yards. Yeah. So, yeah, Harden wins because he's on a roll of 30 plus, 30 points a game. Yeah. So, yeah, Harden won that one. Not even picked, close. Yeah. You picked the touchdown, I picked Harden. So yeah, I got well. that. Uh, the next one was um, Jared Goff completions against uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant uh, was favored by two and a half. I thought when I went to look this up, I, I had the completions. Marlo passed for some reason. We we're just doing it for fun, but he decided to pass. I don't remember why. I didn't take the action. Yeah, he stayed away. Or <laughs> made up gambling. Uh, and I thought for sure Goff would win because he had uh, what seemed like a terrible game, uh, and I thought there was no way that he had as many points, uh, as many completions, excuse me, as Katie had points. But Katie only had twenty-one points. He was a three-point favorite, so Goff wins with nineteen completions. I feel like. Nine of those happened in garbage time, but uh, golf wins that. So I got another one right, and Marla, I'm going to complete the sweep with the last one. Oh, uh, we had uh, Zion points and rebounds against first half points. I didn't need to look it up because it was three <laughs> first half points, but I did watch uh, the Duke-St. John's game, and Zion was a monster in that game. He had 29 points and six rebounds, so he won 35-3. to three Yeah. Well, not even close. How was your how was your prop bet sheet? I did a so we we had a prop bet sheet. I used the Odd Shark one. I ended up getting fifteen right, um, and then won the tiebreaker. Um, one other uh, guy here had fifteen, so so I won in the household. I actually the funniest part was I did it with uh, my son. Uh, I had him. I asked him the questions. Yeah, and he answered. He was all over the Rams. He's all think, over the Rams. <laughs> yeah, he picked Rams and everything, so he did not do well. He only had. Like seven uh, of the problems, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think Rams was just easier to say than Patriots. <laughs> he picked those, um, so I, I did. I did pretty well because I was all over the Patriots uh, in general. All right. Well, I got tails and blue Gatorade, so take that. The I didn't tough do a ones. Sheet, the tough ones. Yeah. No, I was on. Yeah, I had heads and um, I had other. No, other was blue. I had clear. I don't oh, know. Clear I don't know. Gatorade. Clear. What an idiot. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, those were the props. And then uh, I guess next I want to talk about post-game, Marlo. So we talked about yep. the game earlier. We talked about the commercials, the halftime show, the other things we were rooting for during the game. Um, I guess post-game, let's start with the MVP. The MVP was Edelman. He had, uh, a, uh, I'd say, the most significant offensive game that kind of stood out. To yeah. me, he finished the game with uh, 10 receptions for 141 yards. But Marlo, was that uh, the correct pick? 
For this game, it, wa- I mean, it was the correct pick unless you want to give it to either the punter or <laughs> or, or, or Michelle, just because he was the actual one that scored, no, the touchdown. scored a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Edelman, he was the offense. I don't think in this game you could give it to anyone else. Yeah, I don't see who else you, you could give it to. There was the other significant plays were kind of spread out between... Um, you know, Sony Michelle, you said getting the touchdown. Brady obviously having a couple plays. Gronk having the uh, end up with six catches, which it didn't feel like that at the time. But he yeah. had the one catch to set up the touchdown, but yep. didn't do much outside of that. And no one on defense really stood out uh, enough. They didn't get, you know, a, that significant turnover plus something else. Obviously, Gilmore uh, with the interception. And I think. If he would have had that, uh, he forced a fumble that went out of bounds. If that would have been a fumble recovery, I think you could have given it to him. Uh, but I think they got it right just because I don't know who else uh, would have gotten it. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they they definitely got it right. But Casey, can I take you back? This, this, <laughs> the way way back machine. The way way back machine because this got this this got me thinking. If we go back to the big comeback, Super Bowl Fifty One. Yeah. With the Patriots over Atlanta, um, and we had, and that's when Tom Brady won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. On the surface, oh yeah, it sounds about right. But I remember clearly then, and this only reminded me because Julie Edelman won it this time, deservingly so. But our boy James White, yeah, former Badger, former Badger, no bias, had a ridiculous game, a record-setting game, and was denied the MVP. And I have to do. I do have to give shout outs. We did get a stats department on this. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Scott for coming up with the stats department. So let me let me read you. We we read through Edelman's stats. You want to read through through James White's stats for that game? He had six carries for twenty nine yards and two rushing touchdowns, fourteen receptions for one hundred ten yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, here he also set records for Super Bowl records for most receptions. Most individual points, most touchdowns, well, he tied one for touchdowns with three, and he had a two-point conversion as well. Yeah. Mind you, he also had the game-winning touchdown in overtime. One yeah. of those touchdowns was that. And that MVP did not go to James White. It went to one Peyton, I mean, not Peyton Manning, it went to one Tom Brady. Uh, I think at the time, because everyone thought he was going to retire for some reason, there was some rumor yeah. going around, so they probably yeah. wouldn't go on top. But I just think that it just... With Edelman actually deservingly winning because he was the best statistical, best player, most important player in that game. James White was obviously the most uh, statistically the best player, the most important player of that game. Why didn't he get that freaking MVP? Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't argue with that. I, I think he sh- definitely should got that MVP, and I think that kind of shows why it's so hard for a non-quarterback to uh, get MVP. If Tom Brady's stats weren't as awful as they were uh, in this game, I think yeah. even if he had uh, even th- his 21 for 35, 262 uh, yards, and he had a touchdown and an interception, he he didn't have a touchdown. So I'm saying if he did yeah, have a touchdown, if he had one, yeah. I think he would have won the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I like think if that Gronk, if Gronk would have went two more yards into the yeah, end zone. Yeah, into the end zone, yeah. I think he would have been MVP. And I think you're right. It, Looking back at that Falcon Super Bowl, it felt like a swan song. It felt like the amazing comeback led by Brady, even though James White did you know most of the work on checked on passes and things like that. Um, 
it felt like this was kind of like the last chance to award Tom Brady. And now that seems ridiculous saying that <laughs> two years later, but there definitely was a lot of that, a lot of that feeling going on then. Uh, yeah. But James White will always be the MVP of that Super Bowl in in our hearts for sure. Yeah, thanks, so, James. Yeah. For, all right, in rant. James. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So MVP went to Edelman. Um, other post game stuff. So after the game, they went down and uh, apparently they just more or less followed Brady walking around, <laughs> congratulating people, telling people to please move out of the way. He's very polite uh, as as he went around, and it took like it felt like 10 15 minutes i don't know how long it was in real time but uh a lot of people seem to be jumping on this and complaining about it to be honest it was kind of nice i kind of liked it i kind of like just you like just sitting. felt you felt like you were there yeah i i was just re- and after a super bowl i you know i've been paying attention to this game i'm taking notes so i can do this podcast you know all these sorts of things and like I just got to sit back and watch and try and like take it all in. Now I can only imagine if you're a Patriot fan, how much greater that would have been. But like as a neutral fan, just kind of like it let me dial it back a little bit. And it was kind of nice, even though I know that wasn't on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite part was that because they just kind of, they just stayed there. They kept the camera there and they kept the mic hot. They kept, uh, yeah, Yeah, I forget her name. They just kept their mic hot. So you can hear like the whole struggle it yeah. seemed at one point she was getting trampled. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then you just hear her scream, Tom, Tom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, CBS, they have the rights to that exclusive interview after the game. And just see, I, and then at one point, because it did seem like a long time, I was like, I don't think Brady's going to turn around and give her that interview. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, he's yeah. just giving her the cold shoulder. Yeah, you had to wait. Robert Kraft came down. Him and Tom Brady had a really long embrace. Yeah, kissed on we the all, lips. We all had to watch. That was <laughs> something. It was, oh, it was man. something else. And they yeah. finally gave the interview and, you know, did his normal Tom Brady. I don't really say anything. I thank everybody. Right. And, and both you know, both so. times him, her, sorry, and Jim Nance after, like, with the with the trophy presentation, yeah. kept trying to make this narrative, that, is this going to be, like, your last season? Yeah. And in, in in different in their you know big J journalism question ways, yeah. um, and it was just evident that that was not going to be the case. And I wonder why they just kept trying to harp at that. Yeah, I, he's like, "Didn't you see my uh, Facebook <laughs> videos that I do where I, I say I'm going to play it on 45? You're not watching my Facebook series. Come on, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to go anywhere. And it's I don't know. It's interesting because the narrative is he. I definitely felt like he struggled this game. So you could see. It kind of being like, oh, I don't have it anymore. But you look two weeks ago, and he still had it. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he's going to be. He's plans on being around for a while. We'll see. Um, all right. So we talked about <laughs> Brady and Robert Kraft having a uh, awkward embrace down on the field, and then Robert Kraft got a chance to do his interview. And Marlo, I have a. Uh, I need your analysis on this. Yeah. Was he drunk or is he just old? <laughs> uh both. Both. Of both, he was hanging out in his suite. I'm yeah. sure just good, you know. I mean, you're you're Robert Kraft. Like, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> you're just gonna watch your watch your team win another Super Bowl, and you know, and, and have like a few cocktails with your boys up there. Yeah. And yeah, you just get you know, he gets a little whiskey here and there, and then you have <laughs> then you end up having to talk, and you're just, you're just gonna let it loose. Yeah. And he gave us normal, like, we're all Patriots today kind of thing. And then <laughs> I think he Patriots forgot the second today. half of it. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird, uh, but good for him. He has six of these now, so yeah. I guess he can do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, what a cool feeling it must be. He's like, I own this. Yeah. Yes. And he's looking at Goodell when he says it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I had on the Super Bowl. NFL is done. Although we still have football, apparently, still but NFL football. is done. NFL is um, done. <sighs> So what a start, year. What start. a year. The, that content, uh, we'll have to find other random things to talk about, which we still have in this podcast. Don't worry, fellow yeah, fans. We have absolutely. more random things. To that was do. just the Super Bowl. That was just Super Bowl, yeah. Strap it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's Super Bowl NFL. We'll miss you for sure. Um, oh, other NFL news, Marlon. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has avoided knee surgery, which is a yeah. really weird way to to say that because <laughs> um, he feels good. <laughs> yeah, his knee apparently was just a knee sprain all this time. Feels good. Uh, they showed some stats of his today that really made me sad, uh, like lowest completion percentage on pressures, uh, like by far the most thrown away passes in the league. Uh, and then one other one where he's like bottom three in the league is it, it did not make me feel good. Um, but you know, avoided that surgery. Uh, like a defender. I don't know. Very Feels weird. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Let's move on. That was, uh, I've, I've been saying we're going to move on for about two minutes now. So on to, uh, the university of Wisconsin sports, Marlo. And as always, we'll start with the men's basketball team. Two games this week, uh, starting out in midweek, winning over Nebraska at Nebraska, 62-51. to 51. Um, When we do this uh, on, on Monday, it feels longer. I barely remember this game now. Uh, Davison led the way with uh, 18 points, and he really had some big shots down the stretch. And he looks way stronger than he does last year. He's doing these, you know, he makes a basket, then flexes towards the crowd. He's put on some muscle. He's definitely... Uh, got a little bit more toned, I've noticed. Um, and then I, that was my my big takeaway was Davison having some some clutch down the stretch plays and being more toned. Um, <laughs> Is that just me noticing that? Yeah, I guess so. I think yeah, this game it was kind of a weird game where Wisconsin went on like a fourteen zero run in the first half. Yeah. Um and had Nebraska was shooting like something awful twenty percent from the field, mm-hmm. um and then towards the end of the first half they let Nebraska back in, they came and tied it early in the second half but um like you said Davison came down the stretch and uh, kind of opened things up, hapless hap doing his thing, uh so yeah good I mean it's good win good win on the road uh like we said last time we we're, we're hoping expect them. To win these games, but yep. you know, hoping they weren't wasn't a, a trap game uh, yep. for them. So it's a good win by you know good good road Big Ten win. Yeah, it's uh, a good point uh, that you bring up that it, it did feel like they were let, they did let Nebraska back in the game, uh, and it felt like that this one might slip away, um, but they were able to kind of kind of turn it around uh, under Davison, and then uh, I guess a quieter second half from from Hap, but doing the things that he needed to do. Uh, I didn't realize this during the game, but uh, notice it, or read about it afterwards that Nebraska, this was their first game without Isaac Copeland, who was their, one of their leading scorers. Um, so I guess when we they went through their stretch where they couldn't get a bucket, they didn't really have their go-to guy or one of their go-to guys uh, to score there. So that, I guess, it felt like a really good win. And then I read that they were without him, and it felt like, 
Less of a good win. I felt less confident about the win and felt like it should have been better uh, or more easy um, mm-hmm. in the end uh, than it was. So, but a win, uh, we'll take a, winning on the road in the Big Ten. It's always tough. Um, so uh, we'll we'll take that. Um, so then we move to Friday night uh, against Maryland. A late game, a whiteout at the Kohl Center um, with a couple uh, red shirts sprinkled in, which I I found funny. Um, we winning at uh, not at Maryland, winning against Maryland um, <clears throat> with a score of sixty nine uh, to sixty one. And uh, I guess the story of this game was Davison again. Uh, he led the way again in scoring, so that's uh, obviously two games in a row here. Uh, but he finished the game with twenty one points, shooting four of six from three point land, uh, which I think was was kind. Of, Really significant. He had a couple real tough finishes around the rim uh, to kind of extend the lead and close out against Maryland. And as we always mention, Ethan Happ had his his normal um, good game, uh, finishing with 18 points, uh, 11 rebounds. Uh, it felt to me like uh, one of the the defining moments of the game, uh, or maybe changes in the game was. Uh, at the end of the half with uh, a steal by Trice and then Pritzel hitting a corner three uh, right at the end of the half. It was like a five-point swing, so the Badgers were down or within striking distance going into the second half. It felt like a very big momentum swing, um, at least in my living room, uh, and that I think really propelled uh, them to go in the second half. And then uh, I guess my last thought was <laughs> last week I praised Re- Reavers saying, hey, maybe this is the future of the program. Maybe he can step in for Hap or at least fill some of the void. And then in this Maryland game, he played 24 minutes, had no points and one rebound. So still a bit of a ways to go for him Yeah, uh, before he's the, uh, you know, double digit, double rebound averaging uh, player that we hope he comes into and that we have in Hap. Yeah, I just, again, just has to work, has to be more consistent. He has it in him. We know he can do it. Uh, he just has yeah. to to will his way to be able to do that day game in game out game out. Yeah. All right. My last comment on this game, Marlo, is I have to complain about the announcers or the officiating. So in this okay. one, I'm going to complain about the announcers because the entire game they were pointing out the foul discrepancy or the free throw discrepancy uh, mm-hmm. between the Badgers and Maryland, and juxtaposing that with the Maryland game as if that game was correctly officiated, and this game was weird. Uh, it, it just it drove me nuts. Uh, as a team, Maryland only shot eight free throws in this game, which is low, and we shot 23, which you'd say, hey, that's a bit lopsided. However, the fouls were much closer. They just happened to foul on shooting fouls, whereas we fouled out on the floor with fouls being 14 to 18. Now, that's a four-foul difference, Marlon, if you're you know keeping track of it. Yeah, doing the math. If we go back to the other Maryland game, they shot... Oh, God, I have in front of me. Whatever. A thousand free throws. <laughs> and the foul discrepancy was 11. So while the foul discrepancy did flip, they kept acting like this game was the anomaly. And I <laughs> propose the other game was the anomaly. And it flipping drove me nuts throughout this whole game that they kept acting like this was such a surprise. <sighs> yeah. Why do you do that? Why do you do that to Casey? Get your stats department I know. right. Yeah. If you don't have it right, call Casey up. He'll get it yeah. right. And always err on the side of the team I'm rooting for <laughs> in these stats and random things yeah. that anger me during the game. 
Yeah. Um, but that win was a resume builder win. Maryland was ranked. Yeah, Maryland was. Uh, I guess it was technically an upset. Uh, mm-hmm. We were we were favored, but they were ranked higher. Right. Um, so yeah. I don't. Depending on how you look at upsets, uh, but definitely a resume builder. It puts us at eight and three in the conference, and Michigan State uh, unfathomably losing to Indiana at home. Uh, which, if you want to talk about free throw, sh- free throw shooting, they went like eight, eight to twenty or something. It was awful. It was awful free throw shooting there uh, in a game that went into overtime. Anyway, uh, so we're one game back of a three-way tie for the Big Ten lead, uh, which is pretty surprising. I I, I know uh, we've had some bad losses, uh, some tough losses, uh, but to be sitting at eight and three in conference now, we have a tough stretch coming up, which we'll talk about. Um, but it's it's a pretty impressive performance so far in this year. Yeah, so far this year, uh, just checking in with Bracketology. Yeah. Uh, we are at a five seed. Yeah, that sounds about right. About Again, right around the, that uh, low 20s. The, yeah, we're a five seed, has in the Tennessee bracket, which would be the toughest one since it is the number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll take Wolf, Wolford, Wisconsin versus Wofford. 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 Yeah. yeah, take it, Terry's. Uh, yeah, but we got to right. we're we're on the uprise, so just keep yeah. it rolling. Well, we'll we will see. Uh, this next week, as I mentioned, will be. I guess I have a week and a half of games here, um, <laughs> or a week uh, calendar week uh, from when you'll be hearing this. But we're at uh, Minnesota on Wednesday, so the grudge match of when they came into the Kohl Center and surprised uh, us earlier in the year. It will be very interesting to see how that game goes, uh, Minnesota. Uh, has looked good at times throughout the year, but they seem like a very up-and-down team um, and have looked very bad at other times uh, during the year. So hopefully we catch them in one of their bad times or make them look bad uh, and return the favor f- uh, of what they did at the Cole Center. Uh, then on Saturday, we travel to Michigan, who will be looking for their revenge game against Wisconsin. Obviously, us knocking them off a few Saturdays ago. Uh, that will be a very tough game. Uh, although Michigan just lost at Iowa, so maybe there, I guess there's a thought of are they the team that we thought they were when they were a top five team in the country? And then next week Tuesday we host Michigan State, so yep. at Minnesota, at Michigan, hosting Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Michigan State is a pretty tough three game stretch here. Uh, they get a little bit easier after that, but uh, we talk about being on the upswing, being in a good position in the Big Ten. After these three games, we'll really know where we stand within the Big Ten. Yeah, we need to go. You need to go at least two and one in this stretch. Well, um, we need I'll, to go at least one and two. Two and one would be good. Uh, I think we need to go I at least two we, and one. I'm going to say we need to go at least two, two and, one. and one. At least two and one. Three and zero, oh, obviously. For what? At, at least for what? <laughs> Just to, at least you have to at least go two and one if you want to. Wait, the, okay, win here's the, big the thing: time. like you have, we have to, we have to. It consistently beat good teams. Like if we if we go one and two and we just beat Minnesota, it's like okay, did we really do something? Like I still believe we're a much better team than Minnesota. The, yeah, you know, beating one of the two Michigan or Michigan State, or if we um, that's you know that's kind of that's the kind of that's a signal that all right, we're a team that can actually go to the tournament and and win a game because I could trust them. I could trust them at some point to play a quality opponent and actually get that win. All right. It okay. I guess it, it depends on what your expectation is. If you're <laughs> thinking we're going to finish in the top echelon of the Big Ten, 
and be a four or up seed. Yeah, you have to go at least two and one in these to do that. I'm kind of thinking of it as if we want to finish in the top four or five of the Big Ten, get that five seed ish range that I think we can get. Uh, maybe I'm being a little bit more realistic and you're being a little bit more optimistic than we need to go one and two. All That's right. how I'd, I'd split that. All right. Well, we shall see. We shall see. All right. On to other Badger sports, uh, Marlo. Uh, women's basketball, uh, they had a, a tough week this week, losing at Maryland pretty handily and losing against Michigan uh, despite 30 points from Marsha Howard. Teams now 11 and 12 overall. Um, had a good out of conference schedule, but really struggling within conference. Uh, now two and nine in conference uh, for the Lady Badgers. Uh, next week they are at Illinois, and this is a game that they have to have. Uh, Illinois is the uh, worst team in conference. Badgers are our second to worst team, uh, so it's one you got to win. And then they are hosting Michigan State uh, later in the week. In men's hockey, uh, they earned, I guess, a split, kind of a split at Michigan State. They lost on Friday, but won in a shootout despite outshooting the op- opponents like 60 to 20 or something crazy like that. Um, uh, so they get a point, an extra point within the Big Ten standings, uh, but that doesn't count for whatever other standings they're in besides the Big Ten. <laughs> Next week, they are hosting Ohio State for a weekend series. Uh, and finally, in women's hockey, uh, the women uh, women Badgers there split a series at Bemidji State. Uh, also, not a real what state. What state is that? Oh, it's, oh. Pff, never heard of it. Not a real one. Um, <laughs> losing the opening game of the series and then coming back and winning the second game. Uh, they are hosting Minnesota State, actually a state, <laughs> next weekend. Uh, they are um, still uh, have the best record in. Uh, women's college hockey. So continuing to do well there for the women's hockey. That's all I have um, for, I guess, the on-campus. Hopefully everyone is surviving the Vios Hall flood uh, from a burst pipe. I don't know if you saw that, Marlo. It was uh, classes canceled. It was tough. Um, They closed a a walkway. Brutal times. Ooh, Um, tough times. Yeah. Tough times. Uh before we move away from on campus, yeah, uh, I have a breaking tweet. Oh, uh, Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz, excuse me. Yeah, uh, he says I he love caused this place. the flood. <laughs> I love this place right now. I oh, love nice. this place. Well, so, looks to be like he's fair, having fun. To be fair, it's like fifty degrees in <laughs> February, so it's uh, not yeah. not always gonna be like this. Uh, yeah, as I quote, "Man, I love this place." Mm. Direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. All right. Wow. Marlo, I don't know if you uh, feel the same way. I kind of miss being in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First, first, first semester in college. God. Man, I loved that place. <laughs> God damn. All right. All right. I, all right. Pause a moment. Yep. Remembering. All right. <laughs> all right. After the NBA, Marlo. Uh, Real life imitating art today, or not today, earlier this week, uh, when <laughs> Blake Griffin did his Jackie Moon impression. Uh, it was between him and Reggie Jackson, where Reggie Jackson fed the post, Blake Griffin kicked it out. Jackson fed the post, Blake Griffin kicked it out, I don't know, six, seven times. And then I think he traveled or committed up offensive foul. It was straight out of 
uh, Jackie Moon uh, style. It was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, just Google Blake Griffin compared to Jackie Moon. It's yeah. hilarious. What was that movie called? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. It's underrated. Frick. Underrated. Underrated Will Ferrell movie. It is Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. God. <laughs> Go see over the Flint trap. What a great movie. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, God, that was just the golden age of Will Ferrell there. He had like that run, Anchorman, that old school Talladega Nights. What a, what a, what a run. What a run. Funniest now, man. It, has he made anything? Uh, even nope, that Holmes and Watson right. movie. I saw that was up for a Razzie, so that must not have been good. <laughs> must not have been good. I didn't see it. Ugh. Oh, shucks. He looked good. Right. I don't know. I'm a sucker, though, for Wolf Arrow movies. All right. Any other news in the NBA, Marlo? Uh, uh, we got we got trades. We can trade talks. Yeah. Uh, well, one real trade. One real trade, one talk. So I guess we'll start with real trade. Obviously, yeah. everyone knows the Port Zingas getting trade to the Mavericks. Yeah. Uh, um, Nick's just dumping everything. Uh, looks I like supp- Magic, just, Magic, Mavericks just are collecting all tall, lanky, foreign yeah. white dudes. Yeah, all your all European. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, this trade went down and it was shocking to me. I did not. I know that there was like strained relations between uh, Porzingis and uh, the Knicks, but I never would have imagined them trading them, especially for a trade in which they get, I guess, some pieces. Dennis Smith Jr. is maybe an okay player. Other than that, it's essentially cap relief so they can sign players this summer yeah um but they're dumping one of the granted coming off of an acl surgery and you never know how big men are going to recover from that uh and if that will lead to other things but he a year ago before his injury he was and before Giannis took off the best young forward in the league yeah and to trade that away to get Essentially, cap space is baffling to me. I mean, they must. Rumors are that they think that they're going to get like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin or uh, something like that. And I guess if that works out, great. But that just to me seems like a bunch of New York talk. Yeah, that's not going to come to fruition. Yeah, it's. I I would be very frustrated if I was a. Uh, a, a Knicks fan because and it it really seemed like the Knicks fan base was like really invested in Porzingis and and really saw him as kind of the the next the guy who will lead them into you know an actual successful NBA season. Uh, but now they're back to the drawing board and and you can talk about all the cap space you have and you can talk about you know the future, but it's if things don't go well, it looks bleak. Uh, or if they don't get the signings, they think it, it could be a, a very bleak in retrospect trade. Um, so, I, so I guess we'll see. I think it's a great deal for the Mavs. I mean, they have uh, Luka Doncic seems like a great player, and now they added potentially another great player to go alongside him. And it sounds like they're going to be able to work out an extension. So it's it's an absolute steal for the Mavs. They weren't even playing Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> like he was yeah. like yeah. excommunicated and, from the team. <laughs> yeah, and DeAndre Jordan. Do you ever like a couple years ago when like DeAndre was you know high flying, just yeah, uh, Lob City, yeah, Lob, Lob City. City. You, you ever, if you said watch them lately, I haven't seen many Mavs games. I um, saw uh, I saw when they played um, the Bucks. 
And yeah. I just I just w- watched Doncic on their team. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Well, no, even, trust I couldn't me, even no. tell you if DeAndre Jordan played in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Because he's, yeah, he's just not there, and it's it's so weird how fast, how you know, how soon, and how quickly that just goes away. But yep, they got DeAndre. So go next. Yeah, there you go. Which, who I think is he's expiring or expiring next year. Anyway, again, yeah, it's probably expiring. What is funny is like he, Mark Cuban had like danced, had been driving around for years trying to get DeAndre Jordan, and then he finally yeah. got him, and he's just a broken down car. Did not work out for him. <laughs> not at all. All right. So, all right. Other trade rumors. Well. Actually, demand, we'll call it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, looks like Anthony Davis has finally given up on New Orleans and yeah. wants out, demanding a trade. Mm-hmm. The only suitor of right now had been the Lakers, who were like, yeah. basically, LeBron was, hey, take all these players I don't want on the team and give yeah. me AD, and that's what Magic offered. And I believe they just <laughs> laughed at that. Yeah. Yeah, they had an initial offer, uh, and it sounds like they upped it now to include um, Brandon Ingram and I think it was Kyle Kuzma or something. So they they have today put in a new offer, um, and AD did list a few other teams that he would be interested in going to. Yeah, he did. And you know what one of those teams were? Yeah, including the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Uh, Bucks. But if you look at – I guess I haven't seen a full list of the teams (laughs) – yeah, uh, it's a great city, Marlo. Um, I know, but it's just all the. I guess they they are building. It's I, you would think that Anthony wouldn't want to go to another small market. Yeah, no, it's the way I, I guess I would. I don't have the list in front of me, but I looked at the list and it was all other more or less contending teams yeah. who honestly can't put a trade together for him. Right. So I think this was just a play by him to say, "Look, I said you could trade me to these other teams." <laughs> But really, like the there's not like the trade that the Bucks would do without Giannis. There's there's no way that will be a better offer than what the Lakers can do, right? With that, yeah. well, they maybe they maybe could get there, but it's unrealistic that the Bucks would break up their team who is in first place with the best record in the NBA um, to bring Anthony Davis in uh, and. It, that's what it felt like to me. His list of teams to trade for felt like, hey, look, I'm I'm trying to get you to trade me to somebody else, but really the only viable option is the Lakers. And dang it, that's stupid. Like it's stupid that he's going to get traded to the Lakers. Yeah. But I also well, I he's go gonna ahead. he's gonna and he's gonna end up on the Lakers even if the trade doesn't go through because he's just gonna go to the team for the rest of the year and then and LeBron's gonna sign him to the Lakers. And that's what's yeah. going to suck about this whole thing is that it's going to be Anthony Davis and LeBron and probably Kyrie that are going to be on the Lakers next. God damn. <laughs> I so I like as a basketball fan that that just frustrates me. Like I like to be able to that things work out this way for the Lakers or the Celtics in all their trades, although they haven't been what you know you expected them to be. Um, it, it just. It's infuriating that it, it works out this way. It works out this way for Golden State that, you know, KD decides to to join there. It's like, come on, let's have some sort of zem- semblance of fairness or something or, or equality. I But then at the same time, it's like, if Anthony Davis wants to play in L.A., he should be able to play in L.A. Yes. Like, who am I, yeah. because I'm a Bucks fan, uh, to say, you know, no, you should stay in New Orleans because that's, you know, fair for the... the the Pelicans fans. 
I don't know. So I'm I'm kind of torn in that because as a fan, I'm kind of like, oh, this stinks. <laughs> you know, like this isn't fair. But as a, I don't know, neutral person, if I take the fandom out of it, it's like he should be able to go sign and play forever he wants. It stinks that the incentives are there for him to do that. Or the situation is there for him to do that. Ugh, it makes yeah. me angry. Okay. All right. Well, that's all. Yeah, that's kind of the trade roundup from the NBA, which, by the way, all that took place like during Super Bowl week and it made a ton of buzz, even though the Super Bowl week was going on. That was that was pretty outstanding way to go NBA. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about like, whoa, look at this. NBA is taking over because of the, <laughs> you know, media is covering the Super Bowl stuff. It's like. Super Bowl, the media coverage of the Super Bowl isn't crazy because it's the Super Bowl. It's crazy. I mean, that's part of it, right? But yeah. it's crazy because there's literally nothing else going on then. Yeah. So you just have two weeks to go up for this game. There, It's the middle of the season in basketball. So literally any news would have broken. If Bryce Harper and Machado mm-hmm. signed during yeah. the weekend, it would have been like, my God, MLB, it's so popular. It was... <laughs> It was ridiculous. It was way overblown. And the, it's just like media patting themselves on the back for covering the NBA, which I thought was so weird. Like, of course, other news is going to overshadow what's happening in the Super Bowl. They're doing press conferences. There's no games. Ugh. I mean, unless you want to talk about Robert Kraft dancing with Cardi B. I mean, that was the biggest non-football story. Ugh. Ridiculous. All right. I'm getting ranty. I need yeah. to calm down. Yeah, we're getting ranty. I need to calm down. We wow. got anything else in the NBA you want to rant on? NBA, just, I already mentioned it. Bucks are in first place. That's very exciting. Oh, yeah. um, they, look, they look really good. They uh, have now won uh, four or five road games in a row for the first time in a billion years. Their um, highest, most games over 500 since, like, when Luel Cinder was on the team. I mean, it's... It's been a fun year so far to be the Bucks, and now that NFL's over, we can kind of focus a little bit more on them, and it will be it will be fun. So I just wanted to brag a little bit on the Bucks um, as they are where they are. Fun stuff, and they won today against the uh, New Jersey Nets. So, or not New Jersey Nets? What are they? Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Jay Z. Jay Z brought in the Brooklyn. All right. <laughs> sold this point three percent of ownership or whatever. Cashed out. Cashed out. All right. That's all I got in the NBA. All right. All right. So I think we got some esports news to get to. Yeah. That's right. It's been a little bit. We get bring it back to our roots of esports. All right. This I I missed this when it happened. Our our friend Dan brought this to my attention. And there was a I guess both of these news are Fortnite related. So uh we'll start with the Fortnite concert with Marl. I I think I shared this with you. It is this got texted to me and it said there's a Fortnite concert with Marshmallow. And I, I read it and I said, I'm too old for this text. <laughs> I understand what this means. Uh, but then later I went on, I went on the YouTubes and I found it. And it it is freaking cool. So Fortnite, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a, um, I guess, a shooter game um, where you start, like there's a hundred of you that drop onto a map and you go down until there's one of you left. Um, and... During the game, the game essentially paused, disabled weapons, and then there was a, a marshmallow concert that appeared on the map. And it was like a a replica of his concert. He's on a little avatar of him is on the stage dancing. You can hear his voice kind of calling out like he would at a concert. There's the effects you would expect a concert. And beyond that, these huge 
uh, hieroglyphics and things above. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. And then I saw it again from like a first person view of somebody who had a character there, and it was really neat. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It sounds I am describing it poorly, probably. And even when I read it, it sounded pretty lame, but it looks really cool. Also, I know a lot more marshmallow songs than I thought I would, <laughs> so that added to it a little bit. One of them was Logic, which I, which was pretty cool. Um, and just what the game kind of does during the concert, kind of the the uh, the way that the players can interact with the concert is really cool. And then all of a sudden, it goes like three, two, one. It ends, and you're poof, you're back in the normal game. It was really cool. Uh, I encourage you guys to check that out uh, on, on the YouTube uh, Fortnite concert with Marshmallow. And then um, if you can find one where it's a, a streamer watching it, it's really cool to see. Um, yeah. And you put, saw it, Marlo. What did you, what yeah, did you we'll think? Put, we'll, put the, we'll, put it on, uh, we'll put it in the show notes if you want to check it out. So check it out now on the show notes. Actually, wait till we're done and check it yeah. out. Um, no, I, when I saw this, I'm like, what is going on? Uh, there's, you yeah. know, cause I do know Fortnite. I was like, why is no one killing anyone? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and so the, you know, the fact that they just like randomly shut down all the games, I assume it was every game that was going, that was yep. being played on the platform at the time and just whipped out this concert, uh, was, you know, I mean, I mean, it did his point. It created buzz. You got to do something new with Fortnite, right? Uh, yeah. you know, to get the stuff out there. But yeah, I mean, the visual of it was, was cool. I couldn't imagine being, you know, whatever time this was sitting around playing my 1400 Fortnite game of the day. And then all of a sudden, a concert, <laughs> like a 10 minute concert breaks out. And I'm yeah. just like, what is going on? Why is my why is my Fortnite broken? But the visuals from it, uh, you know, just the thought. And I think I'm impressed with the thought and the execution yeah. of, of what it takes to, to kind of pull that to pull that off. So I think it's worth the watch. Uh, like, again, check it out in the, in the show notes. Yeah, it's uh, I think that's. That's a good point. Uh, the the kind of innovation of it to to think of this idea, and I think this is what's so interesting about Fortnite because games like this kind of come up, kind of blip up uh, in popularity, and then kind of fade back. But Fortnite's been able to do cool things like this, change their game a little bit here and there, and innovate, and kind of continue to be uh, talked about and continue to be kind of in in the zeitgeist to uh, of um, this kind of game longer than i would have ever imagined when i first saw this cartoon thing where you can build walls <laughs> it seems like two years ago now i would have to look at how long ago it is but it's been a long time a lot longer than these games normally stick around so that's pretty cool um so elsewhere in i guess esports kind of related things and speaking of fortnite uh the biggest star of fortnite at least uh, i think so is, is ninja and he appeared in a super bowl commercial and if you didn't catch it it was very quick so i don't blame you if you didn't during the Super Bowl 100 commercial, Marla, I don't know if you remember this commercial. It's where yeah, they had no, uh, Goodell up on the podium and uh, Marshawn Lynch goes to grab the cake and then the football's on the ground and then, uh, I guess, mayhem ensues. Uh, yeah. But before that, uh, he's the waiter who gives Juju Smith-Schuster uh, a drink. He says, hey, what's up, Juju? And that's clever because they play together on Fortnite. Once, yeah, at least once. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, and he's got his purple hair, so he, he stands out uh, very easily. But it was kind of funny because I heard he was going to be in the commercial, so I was ready for it. Uh, uh, and then it was like he says hello, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think I, I, it was kind of the whole commercial. There was there was a ton of like NFL players and a yeah. lot of those. I don't know what you call them inside jokes, but you need to know a little bit about what's going on for it to make yeah. sense. Um, and that was, I think that was the surprising part because it was 
you know, this Cole commercial is in a, you know, the NFL 100 for their 100 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it just, it had like, you know, everyone at Odell doing his catch. You had the immaculate reception, you, yeah. you, you know, Saquon uh, Barkley's hurdly people, all these like little, like, you know, little inside things uh, going mm-hmm. on. And then to cap it off with, I don't know how they got Ninja in there. Yeah. He seemed to be the one that was like, okay, well, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little bit random, but uh, I guess yeah. it shows his popularity, right? Uh, yeah, which, exactly. You know, to to reach this kind of uh, market is pretty is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, when the, when Joe Montana was about to throw Jerry Rice, I was yeah. like, oh my god, like my first memories of football. Freaking Dion intercepts it. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, all right. That's all we had for esports, Marlon. Did you have anything else that you saw on the uh, internet? Uh, no, I, I'm still doing the research on. I'm still doing research <laughs> on the farming game yeah. league. Yeah. Um, seeing if I, you know, if I could get in there. But yeah, besides that, I got nothing else on esports. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be on the lookout for our esports uh, farming team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Message or email the uh, us if you are interested. Just kidding. We don't. We've never played. We would be yeah. terrible partners. We would be good. All right. Time for America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Let's go. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, All right, a frustrating week, I'd say, for uh, Liverpool. They had two games, one in midweek and one actually today uh, against West Ham. Uh, Both of those ended in 1-1 draws. Uh, Both goals given up were, uh, I'd say, uninspiring goals by the other team. West Ham scoring on a set piece today. Uh, and Leicester City actually scoring on on a corner kick, so two just or also a set piece, not a corner kick. Sorry, uh, just two goals that you shouldn't give up, and then Liverpool being unable to score more than one goal in each game. They had a good lead over uh, City for the league. Now they are their lead is just down to three points. Uh, it's still a lead. I it's it's one of those uh, where my wife would say. Your team's still winning, but you know the momentum's kind of against you. You know your momentum switched, and you're like, "I know we're winning, but we were winning by more. <laughs> now we're not." Uh, that's a little bit how I feel. So it, the nerves are ratcheting up um, this week. They got another game this weekend. Hopefully, they will be able to uh, improve at least on their scoring. Uh, they play Bournemouth. Uh, they host Bournemouth, so that's a winnable game. They should win that. It should be easy. Um, knocking on wood as I say that, um, but it felt really good last week. I felt like in a really good place, and now we are. I'm a little more nervy, a little more nervy, Marlo, as I'm sure you are too. Yeah, I'm shaking. Yep. All right. Uh, in other, I guess, other soccer news, um, I guess I touched on uh, the Premier League standings there. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team notched another shutout win in a uh, friendly play over a CONCACAF rival winning 2-0 to against Costa Rica. So under uh, new head coach Greg Berkholter, they continue to seemingly play well. Um, obviously, we're still in the early stages and we're still uh, figuring out the talent on this team, how it works with our new coach, and uh, obviously not anything meaningful to play for yet, but Early signs are positive, uh, and we'll continue to to keep an eye on that. So that is the corner kick for today, unless you have anything else to add, Marlon. No. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else, and nothing else on the corner kick side. I think I have nothing else to add to this podcast. I think that's it for me. I'm, I'm ready to sign off. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for... 
your continued support of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. I uh, hope that you did too listening. Um, as always, please like, subscribe, share, hit us up on the socials, uh, all those things. Uh, it's uh, really like to uh, connect as much as we can outside of, of the pod, if that is possible. Uh, thank you everyone again for your support. And until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.